Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldon and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. The government has announced a series of more stringent measures aimed at countering both the spread and the worst effects of coronavirus. These new restrictions will remain in place until April 19th. All theatres, clubs, gyms, leisure centres, hairdressers, betting offices, marts, markets, casinos, bingo halls, libraries and other similar outlets are to to shut. Social gatherings of individuals outdoors should be of no more than four people unless all are from the same household. We talked to Conor Pope, our consumer affairs correspondent, about the impact of these measures. There's going to be a huge amount of restrictions on our freedom of movement in the days and weeks ahead. The Taoiseach said that social gatherings should be restricted to no more than four people. And that's obviously in an attempt to combat the spread of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, All cafes, restaurants should limit supply to takeaway only. Uh, All theatres, clubs, bingo halls will to shut. All sporting events, even those that are being played behind closed doors, will be cancelled. The key thing is that people have been urged effectively to stay at home. People should stay at home if at all possible. That's his direct quote. People have been already living quite restrictive lives, I'm sure they would tell you. Uh, over the last couple of weeks. What's the difference? Well, I think people need to le- lead more restrictive lives. And in fact, that's what Simon Harris, the Minister for Health, was saying at, uh, when he gave his uh, uh, speech after Leo Varadkar. He said, people have done an awful lot and people need to do more. Now, that means that people have to dramatically curtail the amount of, of, of movement they have outside of their homes. Uh, one of the things that became quite uh, apparent over the weekend were the amount of people who were socialising in parks, walking on beaches and going far too close to each other. And that just needs to stop now. It just needs to stop for a short period of time. And one of the interesting things that that, that came out of today's major announcement was that uh, the Gardaí and park rangers will be stepping up their presence in public spaces and they will be going, they will be approaching groups and telling them to move on and telling them to keep their social distance. And, and we didn't see that last weekend. We've never seen it in this country before. And I think it's important to say that what we're, we are not entering is, you know, we're not entering martial law here. We're not entering some kind of massive uh, draconian restrictions. They don't want to use the powers they have to detain people. They want people to use their own common sense to just keep their distance. What do you think the effect of these measures are, are going to be on us? Well, I think one of the things you'll see is you'll see, you'll see people taking the, 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 the instructions an awful lot more seriously. I mean, we know that we're in this for the long haul now. We know what we need to do. And there was some encouraging signs from the chief medical officer, Tony Holan, who was saying that there was early indications. Now, he did stress there were very early indications that, you know, we might be coming close to doing the, the flattening the curve, to use the phrase of, of, of the year. And um, I think you'll see an awful lot of fewer people in supermarkets. Obviously, all of the other non-essential retail will be shut down. Uh, All other non-essential services will be shut down. Now, we're going to get a list of what the non-essential services uh, will be, or at least we're going to get a list of what the essential services will be in in, in the hours ahead. But as it stands, everything that isn't a uh, supermarket, a local shop, a pharmacy, these will have to close down. When it came to restaurants, all restaurants will have to close down, all cafes will have to close down, except, and the T-shirt did say, except when it comes to takeaways. People, but that's as long as a takeaway does delivery and can impose some kind of contactless uh, transaction in place, because what they don't want are people nipping into the local takeaway to, to buy 
uh, a curry or to buy a china or whatever it might be. They want to make sure that if people are getting food delivered, that it's delivered to the house in a way that minimizes the amount of contact people have with each other. In relation to building sites and, and construction sites, Connor, um, there has been a lot of, of talk over the last um, 48 hours about what kind of uh, rules might might apply there. Um, it's a little bit unclear at the moment. Uh, so building building sites are to continue to to operate where they are in the midst of constructing uh, what might be regarded as an essential service and that they are able to show that they have social distancing in place on site. Is that the case? That's exactly it. Now, like we're not entering a lockdown here. And in fact, the Taoiseach was very clear to say that this is not a lockdown because he said that language could cause confusion. And what what we are all trying to get to here is a point of clarity. So he said, we're not entering a lockdown. There will be jobs done. There will be factories still open and there will be building sites still operational. Now, there's going to have to be restrictions put in there. So if somebody's work, if there are a few builders working on a large building site and they're working outdoors and they can keep their distance from one another, they'll be grand to continue working. But if there's three or four builders and they're working in a confined space, well, then that's obviously going to be problematic. Now, it's not like the police are going to be calling to individual building sites on a daily basis to check on the numbers. But what what the government is looking for is for employers and for developers to act in a responsible way to protect both their own employees and to, to, to protect and safeguard the wider public. So, there isn't a blanket ban on all construction work and nothing even close to that. But there is going to be a dramatic modification in how a lot of that construction work is carried out. Do we have any insight into why these measures are being adopted right now? Is this a sign that we've been doing a good job so far or a bad job in containing the virus? What we were always going to see in this scenario, and this has been widely commented upon elsewhere, is we're, we're going to see a step by step approach. What any government would have been terrified to do would have been to implement implement huge restrictions on day one and say, right, lads, you've got, these restrictions are going to be in place for the next six weeks, two months, three months. So what, what, what governments have been trying to do in other countries, as they've been trying to do in this country, is to allow people to become accustomed to the new normal before they shift it on a little bit more. So I think if you'd asked three or four weeks ago, were these restrictions inevitable? I think they probably were inevitable. But I'm not sure if if any government could have got away with imposing all of the restrictions that they needed to put in place in one go, because apart from the fact that there would have been an awful lot of resistance from the general public, fatigue would have also set in and people would have grown tired of the restrictions an awful lot faster. And maybe just when the crisis was reaching its peak, people would have been growing, grown, people would have grown tired of all the restrictions. So one of the things that you saw, I think, just before St. Patrick's Day was this this operating in real time because the government didn't impose they didn't ask for all pubs to be closed so what instead happened was they closed the schools the colleges the creches uh, and the pubs were allowed to stay open and then we but like people were asked to keep their distance and there was restrictions put in place in terms of social gatherings of more than 100 people and all the rest but then what we saw was an awful lot of pubs were just crammed with people and that allowed the public to see that unless the restrictions are imposed upon us we probably won't be able to follow them to the letter of the law and that's what we need to do to keep everybody safe we're in this for the long haul and this could go on for weeks perhaps even months so we need to maintain our humanity as well and it is okay to see our families and loved ones because we have to look after our mental health as well as our physical health 
but we have to maintain physical distance, do it in small groups only, and much less frequency than we, frequently than we would have in the past. Last weekend we had Mother's Day and the advice was that people shouldn't try and visit their mothers. There appeared to be something of a softening of that line. I'm not sure if you call it a softening. I mean, he did say that people could keep in contact with their loved ones and people could keep in contact with their families. But he certainly wasn't encouraging everyone to go visiting their mothers and fathers. Um, But he was saying that people could maybe visit loved ones in certain circumstances, maybe in smaller numbers and maybe in outdoor settings, because we don't want to cut off. We don't isolate people here and we don't want to see people totally uh, cut off from their loved ones and from their friends and family. But having said that, he wasn't suggesting that three or four people from from uh, uh, one family could go visit their granny in, in a small little house. You know, it's not like that. And he wasn't advocating that that happens. We need to be taking the measures that have been implemented so far seriously. And what about the measures that were announced to help Irish companies to pay their workers, Connor? Do they go far enough, do you think? Okay, there was quite a few measures introduced, and I'll just run through some of them quickly. There was a temporary wage subsidy of 70% of take-home pay up to a maximum weekly tax-free amount of €410. Okay, so and that will help affect companies keep paying their employees and it's the equivalent of around €500 per week before tax. Um, Workers who've lost lost their jobs due to the crisis will receive an enhanced emergency COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment of €350 per week. That was up from a previously announced sum of €203. The COVID-19 illness payment will also be increased to €350. That's up up from €305. And the self-employed will also be eligible for the pay for the payment of 350 euros, which will come directly from the Department of Employment Affairs and Social Protection. And there's also enhanced protections for people facing difficulties with their mortgages, their rent and their utility bills. Um, And in terms of how much it's going to cost the state, Pascal Donoghue has said that the measures will have an estimated cost. And he did say it was estimated of 3.7 billion euros over a 12 week period. In terms of the private hospitals, um, their their role in the coming weeks is is now clear. Yes, and that was a very important point that was made at the at the, the briefing. All of the private hospitals will now be running under the auspices of, of the state. They will be managed by uh, the Department of Health and the HSE. Um, they will be able to open up all of their extra beds. You're talking about more than two thousand beds, and all of their facilities and all of their staff will now be working for the good of the wider society. So there is going to be no distinctions in the weeks ahead between public medicine and private medicine. Um, and I think that will become as a welcome relief to almost, well, to everybody, because when, when you realise, you know, what, what capacity, what, what it means for extending the capacity of the health service across the state. When it comes to the banks then, Connor, um, the, the banks are saying at the moment that they're dealing with huge volumes of, of calls uh, from, from mortgage holders uh, looking to have a pause on uh, their repayments. Yeah, the the, the uh, Banking Federation has said that the banks are getting thousands and thousands of calls from concerned borrowers every single day. Um, and after a meeting with the Minister for Finance, Patrick Donoghue, last week, the, the five main banks announced that they would be giving people uh, a much less bureaucratic 
bureaucratic path towards mortgage holidays for a period of three months if they ha- are impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and that has been happening. Now, there has been a dramatic surge in the number of calls to banks. And we have been hearing stories from our readers uh, in the Irish Times that some banks have been more difficult to deal with than other banks. But I have contacted all the banks today and I have been assured that any difficulties that uh, customers have been having in recent days are just teething problems and the banks are still working through the huge volume of calls and they're putting in place new processes to make it easier for people to make their their loan app uh, to make applications to have their loans frozen for a period of time now interestingly the the other piece of this particular jigsaw puzzle is the central bank because it has become clear that if you do freeze your loan for a period of three months well that's going to have an impact on your credit rating. Now, I'm not going to say I, I'm not I don't, I'm not saying it's going to stop you. It's going to re- reduce your borrowing capacity in the future because the central bank has been at pains to stretch to 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 make it clear that it's not going to impact on people's borrowing. But it is a concern that some people have that if they get this mortgage freeze, will it impact uh, their future borrowing uh, potential? And I've been assured by the central bank that it shouldn't. So, what about the supermarkets, Connor? Well, we've seen a huge shift in how the supermarkets have been doing their business in the last uh, seven days. One of the things that most supermarkets are doing is they're policing the number of people who can go into their into the shops at any given time. They're also introducing social distancing measures using uh, sometimes uh, something as simple as masking tape to uh, to to illustrate where uh, customers can stand and and the distance that they need to have between uh, customer and uh, the people manning the tills or whatever it might be. They've ramped up their 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 uh, hygiene processes across the supermarkets. And they're also recruiting a large number of staff because the supermarkets understand that in the weeks ahead, people are going to be relying on them. And there's going to be a huge demand for more staff to stock shelves, to clean and to make sure that the processes continue to run smoothly. So, Connor, what kind of experiences are are people having with um, their travel companies in relation to travel plans that have now been cancelled? They've been having horrendous experiences. And I mean, I have huge sympathy for the travel industry, the airlines, the tour operators, because they're living through a crisis that would have been unimaginable even three weeks ago. You're seeing almost entire fleets of airlines grounded. You're seeing cancellations uh, up to 100 percent. You're seeing bookings falling off a cliff. It is just unimaginably bad for the tour operators and for the travel industry as a whole. But what we've seen is that an awful lot of people are facing the loss of many thousands of euros as a result of holidays, which can no longer be taken. Um, last uh, Earlier or yesterday, the British Consumer Group, which expressed fear that all of the long-established systems of Europe-wide travel protections that have been in place for many years are at risk of breaking down d- due to the spread of COVID-19. And Quitch magazine, just like the Irish Times, has been inundated with messages and requests for help from people who are just facing the loss of large sums as airlines and package travel providers try and come up with some systems which will see them not having to give everybody refunds. Because the law is very clear. If a plane is cancelled or if a flight is cancelled, you're entitled to a refund. What some airlines are trying to do now is they're trying to offer people vouchers or they're trying to offer them the chance to rebook at a future point and tour operators are doing the same and an awful lot of people to be honest are saying listen I just want my money back. So are you seeing evidence that airlines or holiday operators are reluctant to refund the entire amount? I think hol- I think an awful lot of tour operators and airlines simply can't 
offer uh, full refunds to people at the moment because everybody is cancelling their holidays. So they're trying to come up with other ways to avoid paying out cash refunds. And what they're trying to do is, and this is perfectly permissible under law, they're trying to offer people vouchers for flights at a future point. They're trying to offer them the chance to change the booking dates at no cost. So maybe they won't go on holidays in June, but they might go on holidays in September or maybe next year. So I think an awful lot of tour operators and airlines are trying to come up with ways that they can satisfy their customers' needs while maintaining a viable business model for themselves. And I think we should all have some sympathy for all of those people who are operating in that space, but also we need to have some sympathy for the people who have lost substantial amounts of money by paying for holidays that they may now never be able to take. My thanks to Declan Conlon, who produced today's podcast, and thanks for listening. Stay up to date with the latest developments at irishtimes.com. We'll be back tomorrow.